0: Well, this evening we'll do a continuation of a uh, study we're looking at this morning. And uh, I'd like for us to take it very seriously And our lesson with just a question, is God good? And we can say, well, of course. But you as witnesses, you as disciples to the Lord, if you declare sovereignty... If you witness the truth that God is a sovereign, that God is in control of everything, then you'll be faced with this question. Well, if God does that, he wouldn't be good. If God does that, he wouldn't be righteous. How could could a baby suffer? I heard, remember 9-11. Where was God on 9-11? Well, he was on the throne. But these are things that if you witness the truth about the sovereignty of God, these are things that you'll be asked. that, that And I can understand people having these questions. I mean, and, and you should understand that as well. Talked about when you're uh, with the weak, become as the weak. Understand where they're coming from. Well, you're saying if God does this, then that wouldn't be a just God. So understand where they're coming from. And What we've been studying, I think, is a uh, a good approach to talk to them because you will be faced with these questions. Is God good? In other words, you're saying God does this. Well, if he did that, he'd be a bad God then. So that was part of our purpose in looking at this this morning. And uh, we gave a few examples where people would ask this question. Of course, the Scriptures is clear on it, but we talked about uh, Pharaoh. God told Moses, tell Pharaoh, let my people go. He said, but Moses, before you go, let me tell you something. I'm going to harden his heart, and he can't let them go. So they'd have a plague, and he'd say, okay, you can go. But before they went, he'd harden his heart. No, you can't go. And there'd be another plague, on and on and on. And finally then, Pharaoh's army was destroyed in the Red Sea. Pharaoh didn't have any choice. God hardened his heart. So, is God good? So I wanted to ask these questions because you'll be faced with this if you talk about the sovereignty of God, that God's in control of all things, you'll be faced with this. And many of us uh, have had these questions ourselves. I know many years ago, I certainly did. We talk about the doctrine of reprobation. Uh... So we, and we gave several other examples this morning that where people would, would question if God did that, then would he be a just God? Would he be good or would he be evil? So we, we cited several examples of that this morning, enough to, I hope, to raise your curiosity anyway. And we won't go over all of those. But we also asked another question. It's not easy to say something's good or something's bad. And, and let me mention this real quick we did this morning, I think I have time we talked about this story for those of you that weren't here this morning this is not true as far as I know but there was this, this was take place in, in ancient times and uh, this uh, family had a, uh, a little farm and they had a horse that they plowed with the horse was their tractor and they plowed with it, and that was their livelihood. That's how they ate and raised some crops, making a little bit of money to buy other things with. So this man's horse ran away. And his neighbors come and says, oh, we're really sorry for this bad thing that happened to you. And he says, well, how do you know it was bad? Well, they thought he was kind of kooky, but anyway. So then, about a week later, his horse came back with a whole herd of horses. These wild horses and everything. So his neighbors come to again and say, Oh, we're so thankful this great thing that happened to you. He says, How do you know it was good? And then uh, so his son was breaking one of the horses. And his son was he was a tractor too. That was a part of their livelihood that he would work and, and everything. So his son while he was breaking one of those horses, uh, the horse threw him. He broke his arm and his leg, and he was just kind of out of commission. So his neighbors again, well, we're sorry if this bad thing has happened to you. We know you need your son to help plow or, and do things like this. He said, well, how do you know it was bad? And what it winds down to, then after that, there was a, it was a time where warlords would come through and just grab people and draft them into their army and say, okay, you're coming with us. You're going to fight. Well, they come through this village, and this man had a broken arm, broken leg. They didn't take him. They went out, and they were all massacred. So what's good and what's bad is not as clear as we might think sometimes. Uh, we mentioned Robin Hood, Rob the rich, give to the poor. Is it good? Is it bad? We'd have differences of opinion on that, of course. And the one that I want to bring up again, and I use this a lot. Buddy, one time I was six years old, and uh, we lived out in the country, and there was a general store right beside of our house. And my mom gave me a dollar. And i would never had a dollar before. So I, I guess I was supposed to save it or something, you <laughs> know. Uh, but anyway, so I went over to that general store, and I started buying candy. And back then, you could buy a lot of candy for a dollar. And I couldn't, didn't know math or anything like that. I'd say, well, give me this candy bar, and give me this. And I'd say, "If I got any money left? Yeah, you got some more. Well, give me this, and give me those little Reese cups were two for a penny, I remember that. And, well, give me that and give me this. And finally, I'd spent every penny of it. Had a big bag of candy. Went home. I was so happy. And I was eating that candy and everything. My mom caught me. And she took it and set it up on top of the refrigerator. And I can still remember seeing that this day. Was she good or was she bad? Well, at six years old, I thought she was bad. But we know, no, that, that was Good. And I'm thankful for that because it's it's helped me explain scriptures like we're studying, the question like we're, we're studying tonight, is God good? Me, with my wisdom and knowledge at six years old, hers was a little higher than mine. So what we want to look at is God's wisdom. How much higher is God's wisdom than ours? No, How much? Well, we'll read a couple of scriptures on that as well. Uh, so we want to keep that in mind. And in, we read this this morning. I want to restart by reading it again tonight Isaiah 55. I'd like to read that again. Isaiah, We did read it this morning, but I want to read it again tonight. Isaiah 55. And this is to understand to address the question or to explain the question that people may ask you again when you declare sovereignty you're going to be faced with this people are going to say well if that's true then God's I wouldn't serve a God like that so Isaiah 55 and verse 8 and 9 for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways saith the Lord For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, my mom's thoughts and ways and knowledge was so much more than mine at six years old. But what do you think about God with you or God with me? How much higher? So I want us to think about that. We, we read in Psalms 139, I don't go there, but said his knowledge is too wonderful. Uh, it's high, I cannot attain to it. Scripture says we see through a glass darkly now. We can't, we can't fully comprehend. I quoted Romans 11, but I want to read that this, uh, this evening. Romans chapter 11, we mentioned this morning, but I want, to, I want to look at it and I want us to read it. Romans 11. And 33, starting 33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? or who hath been his counselor. And again, I'm going to go back to my mom uh, with that bag of candy and everything. At six years old, Chuck, there's no way I could have understood that. Maybe there's some mature enough to know, but, but I, I didn't. I, I wanted that candy and thought it was me never take it away from me. Actually, I never thought too much about it until later, but, uh, but I, uh, I would have ate the whole sack of candy and still been ready for lunch. They say, don't eat that, it'll spoil your appetite. Well, that never ever happened, but anyway... So, think of that. And and I'm sure all of you have had examples of that. Or maybe you've had a a sibling, a younger sibling, or something like that. I remember one time, I was, uh, I can remember it. I found two little keys. And it was on one of these little beaded keychains. And uh, I was, again, I was, a lot of things happened when I was six years old. But I was six years old. And uh, so I was, sitting in the upstairs of our house and had these keys, two of them. I thought, huh, that would fit right that electrical socket, receptacle socket. And I was ready to stick them in there. And my brother, six years older than me, so he'd be about 12, his wisdom was higher than mine. Now, at some point, he probably would have stood back and laughed at me and said, yeah, go ahead and do it. But then he didn't. And he stopped me from doing that. But his wisdom, his knowledge, was higher than mine. Again, how much higher than, than ours is God's wisdom and knowledge and understanding? Don't be surprised if we can't understand it all. I mean, in fact, we'd be surprised if we could. When we go home to be with the Lord, we'll understand. Now, there's no way we can understand fully. Just as a six year old, I couldn't understand. So we talked, then we went to talking about Job. And that's some place that would cause some to ask a question. Is God good? Now what we hear in Job, they say God allowed Satan to do this. They feel they have to uh, defend God. God allowed Satan to do this. Well, God created Satan. And, And... We also read this morning what Job said when he lost everything. He'd lost his children were all killed, his livestock, his land, all of his money, everything he'd lost. And Job at that time says, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord in the giving and the taking away. Now Job didn't remain that strong, but he started out that way. And he actually ended that way as well. And then, you remember the, uh, the sickness, the, the boils or whatever it was, it was all over Job. And uh, it was so bad, his friends went to see him, and when they got there, they couldn't recognize him. And it was so bad, they went to comfort him, and it was so bad that they sat there for seven days and didn't even speak a word to him. That was, I mean, just, can you imagine the, well how bad Job was and how he looked and how they felt for him. I think they were his friends and they went to bring him comfort but sat there seven days and didn't even speak a word. That's how bad Job was. So Job had lost all of his earthly possessions, children, everything. He had lost his health. All he had left was his wife. You think, well, at least he had something to cling to. Even she was used to tempt Job farther. Job, you know, you've been preaching about God all this time, but you've made him mad your preaching's not right, and he clearly he's mad at you. Just go ahead and curse God and die. See, Rhonda, that, that earthly, that's all Job had to cling to. Left was his wife. Everything else was gone. And even that was used to tempt him. Can you? you know, I can't put myself in his shoes, but if we try for a moment where Job was... And then again, he said, said, uh, uh, how will all naked? No. Yeah, that's when he said, Lord, give it, the Lord take it away, or naked came I into the world, and so forth. Or he said, shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? Now, this is true. And Job was strong when he said that. But as it went on, Job was human, and his misery was, it wasn't just, it was, I don't think we can fully understand his misery. Just, again, think of the fact that his three friends, they couldn't recognize him. They sat there for seven days and didn't even speak. It was so bad. So then Job, then, they would talk to Job, and uh, and even his three friends, you recall, they, uh, course, he'd preached to them too before, and they're saying the same thing. Well, you know, all the stuff you've been preaching about God clearly is not true, or this wouldn't be happening to you. And Job said, well, I know my doctrine's pure. But then Job went on, and we read that, we won't this morning, but he says, why didn't I die at birth? It'd been better if I'd never even been born. Now that's Job in his wisdom speaking. And as I said, if it'd been better, if they'd never been born, he wouldn't have been born. But that's Job in his torment and his weakness. And we all have our ebb and flow of, of times like this. Oh, I said, Oh, it'd been so much better if i You know, that glorious day when it's announced, Hey, we got a man child. It'd been better if that day had not even happened, that I'd never even been born. It'd been better. So we kind of left it there this morning. I did mention, and we'll pick this up tonight. Job then got to a point, of course, again, he was even questioning God's judgment then. We'll read that a little later. He says, Who is this that darkeneth counsel without knowledge? It was God's will for Job to be born and live. Job was saying it'd been better if I hadn't been born live. So he was darkening God's counsel. God, you're you was wrong. I shouldn't have been born. Been better if I hadn't been born. So in a way he was darkening God's counsel, disagreeing with God. But then Job goes he says I wish there's a book written about my life. About All these good things that I've done and these bad things that I haven't done. In fact, that book starts out, Job was the most perfect and upright man on the face of the earth. I wish this was all recorded. How good I was and everything. And I'd take it and I'd show it to God. I'd try to get it honest with God and I'd show God this is not right. This should be happening to the wicked. But it shouldn't be happening to me. Darkening God's counsel again. If it shouldn't have been happening to him, then it wouldn't have been happening to him. Again, but we look at that and you'll be faced with it someday. Is God just? Is God good to do that to Job? These are are serious questions that you'll be faced with. And again, I I think we've all toiled with it in our past as we learn more about God. So now let's go to Job 31 and try to work our way uh, up through this, some of this. Job 31, and uh, and boy, if you have time, read, well, it'd be nice to read the whole book, but read through here. Uh, Job 31 and... 35, and then we'll back up and read back down to this. So I want to read this and then we'll back up and read down to it. Uh, 31, 35. Oh, that one would hear me. Behold, my desire is that the Almighty would answer me and that mine adversary had written a book. Surely I would take it upon my shoulder and bind it as a crown to me. I would declare unto him the number of my steps, like a prince would I go near to, uh, nearer to him. He said, if this book was written about me and everything, about my life and, and what I've done and everything, I'd wear it as a, as a crown. I'm proud of this. And I'd go before God. This shouldn't be happening to me. should be happening to the wicked. I'd go and talk to God about this. He's going to have the opportunity. We'll read that later. He's going to have the opportunity, but we'll see his tone changes. Now, so here's what he said. Now, let's back up in verse 3 of this, chapter 31. Is not destruction to the wicked and a strange punishment to the workers of iniquity? Would one say, of course. That's what Job thought. Does not he see my ways? And count all my steps? I mean, Job's saying that this destruction, all this stuff should be happening to the wicked. Doesn't God see? Again, questioning God's judgment. Like a six-year-old. The candy was taken away from him. This is much more serious. Maybe I shouldn't make light of it, but hopefully you get my example. Verse 5. If I have walked with vanity... Or if my foot has hastened to deceit, then let me be weighed in an even balance, that God may know my integrity. He said, If this had happened, okay, weigh me in an even balance. If I've done these things, going down to verse 16, if I had withheld the poor from their desire, or if I have caused the eyes of the widow to fail, or if I have eaten my morsel myself alone, and the fatherless has not eaten of it. For from my youth he was brought up uh, with me and with a father, and and I have uh, uh, guided her in my mother's womb. If I have seen any perish for want of clothing, or any poor without covering, if his loins have not blessed me, and if he were not warmed with the fleece of my sheep, if I have lifted up my hand against the fatherless, when I saw my help in the gate, then let mine arm fall from my shoulder blade, and my arm be broken from the bone. He said, if I've done all these things, yeah, you know, my arm should be broken and so forth, all this should happen. But I didn't do all these things. I'm not guilty of these things. This shouldn't be happening to me. It should be happening to the wicked. In his own way, was he judging God? Darkening God's counsel? 24. If I have made my gold my hope, or have said to the fine gold, thou art my confidence. Again, Job was a worshiper of God. He was a preacher of God. He taught God, his friends, and and so forth. Uh, 25. If I rejoiced because my wealth was great, and because mine hand hath gotten much, if I beheld the sun when it shined, or the moon walking in brightness, and my heart hath been secretly enticed, uh, or my mouth had kissed my hand, this also was an iniquity to be punished by the judge. For I should have denied the God who is above. So he's saying, if I've done these things, then yeah, I should be punished by the judge. So what is Job thinking? Is God good at this time? Is God righteous at this time? People you would talk to? Again, when they talk about Job, I know what they say. Well, God allowed. God allowed Satan to do this. But Job said, uh, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. He says, Shall we receive good at the hand of the Lord? Shall we not receive evil? So Job knew that it was the Lord. And, it, and then it says, And all this did not Job sin with his lips. So to say that God did this is not a sin. It is true. Uh, Verse 32. The sojourner did not lodge in the street, but I opened my doors to the traveler. If I covered my transgressions as Adam by hiding my iniquity in my bosom, did I fear a great multitude or did the contempt of families terrify me that I kept silence and went not out of the door? Oh, that one would bear me. Behold, my desire. Oh, listen to this. Oh, that one would hear me. I said bear, didn't I? Oh, that one would hear me. Behold, my desire is that the Almighty would answer me, and that mine adversary had written a book. Surely I would take it upon my shoulder and bind it as a crown to me. I would declare to him the number of my steps. Like a prince would I go near unto him. if this book was written, I'd go to God. I'd talk to God. I'd tell God. I'd straighten God out, almost, he's saying, isn't he? This shouldn't be happening to me. I'd I'd declare the number of my steps, and, and he has no reason to do this. Again, you'll be faced with this if you witness for the sovereign God that's on the throne. And again, I feel we've all struggled with it at one time. Uh, Verse 38. If my land cry against me, or that its furrows likewise complain... If I have eaten the fruits of it without money or have caused its owners to lose their life, then let thistles grow instead of wheat and weeds instead of barley. The words of Job are ended. So, you see where Job went to. Was he tempted by Satan? Of course. Satan was a tool used. We saw the, the conversation between the Lord and Satan. And uh, Satan, well, he'll curse you if you let me do this, if you let me do this. And we look at that part. But all this through here where Job was making statements. It shouldn't be this way. This shouldn't be happening to me. It'd be better if I wasn't born. If there's a book written, i show God. That's, that's Satan. Now, it's God's will. Satan was a tool. But that's Satan. So we have Job here and the state that he's in. And I hope we don't say, well, I would never do that. Well, uh, we pray that we wouldn't. We could say, by the grace of God, I'd never do that. So now we're going to read a little where God speaks to Job. And we'll read a little about that, and then we'll read where Job's friends talk to him again. We won't go in, and we won't read that. And then we'll see the place where God says, "Okay, Job, you've got the floor. You wanted to talk to me. You've got the floor. Go ahead." But before you do, I got some questions for you. Uh, Job, let's go to chapter thirty-eight. And again, there's so much more. Interesting reading here. Job thirty-eight, verse one. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, "Who is this that darkens the counsel by words without knowledge?" Again, this is exactly what Job had done. It'd been better if I hadn't been born. So God, you made a (laughs) mistake. It'd been better, or this should be happening to the wicked. It shouldn't be happening to me. God, your judgment is wrong. Darkeneth God's counsel, with maybe the wisdom of a six-year-old candy taken away from him. He said, Who is this? Well, he knew who it was, of course. And then verse three Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee. And answer thou me. So he said, Job, I'm going to give you the opportunity. Get ready. I'm going to give you the opportunity. You want to talk to me? You want to talk to me about your book? I'm going to give you the opportunity. You're, you want to talk to me about this shouldn't be happening to you? It should be happening to the wicked? I'm going to give you the opportunity to talk to me. That's what you want. You want to tell me all these things, Job? I'm going to give you the opportunity. Uh, let's go over to verse. Uh, all the way over to verse 26. Again, this is very interesting reading and, and, uh, if you have time to do this sometime. So he's asking Job all these questions. And again, it's just, it's really good reading. But he's asking Job all these questions before he gives Job the floor to tell him what's right. 26, uh, 38, 26. Uh, well, twenty-five. Who hath divided the water course for the overflowing of waters, or way for the lightning of thunder, to cause it to rain on the earth where no man is, on the wilderness in which there is no man, to satisfy the desolate and waste ground, and to cause the bud of the tender herb to spring forth? Hath the hath the rain a father, who hath begotten the drops? Job, where'd all this stuff come from? Out of whose womb came the ice and the hoary frost of heaven who had gendered it? The waters are hidden as with a stone, and the face of the deep is frozen. Canst thou bind uh, the sweet influences of uh, Pleiades? I think these are are, uh, star formations. Or loose the bands of Orion, pretty sure that one is. Job, can you, these stars up in the sky, can you rearrange them? Canst thou bring forth the Mazaroth in its season? Or canst thou guide the uh, actress uh, with his sons? Knowest thou the ordinances of heaven? Canst thou set its dominion in the earth? Canst thou lift up thy voice to the clouds, and abundance of waters, the abundance of waters may cover thee? Now tomorrow's Memorial Day parade. Kind of hope it doesn't rain. But you know what? (laughs) I can't stop it. He brings the rain, the wind out of his treasuries. Job, Job couldn't control it. Canst thou lift up thy voice to the clouds, and the abundance of waters uh, may cover thee? Canst thou send lightnings, that they may go, and say unto thee, Here we are? Who hath put wisdom in the inward parts? Who hath given understanding to the heart? Who can number the clouds in wisdom? Who can pour out the water skins? of heaven when the dusk groweth into hardness and the clods cleave fast together wilt thou hunt the prey for the lion? Job who takes care of the lions? wilt thou hunt the prey for the lion or feel the appetite of the young lions? Job who's taking care of all this? When they crouch in their dens and abide in the culvert to lie in, in wait. So a lot of questions that God had for Job. There was, uh, I don't remember where I heard this. Uh, I suppose, I think I read it somewhere. Anyway, this, uh, someone, see, how was it? Yeah, someone asked this, I think it was a woman, doesn't make any difference. And uh, they asked her, I said, Well, and it even talks in here the foundations of the earth and everything like that, who made them. So they asked her, I said, Well, what holds the earth up? Now, we may think we're smart and it's you know, all gone and all this stuff, but she says, Well, it all sets on the back of a turtle. He says Well, what's, what holds a turtle up? She said, honey, it's turtles all the way down. So, so uh, we, we're not as bright sometimes maybe as we, as we think we are. So Job was asking questions, the foundations of the earth and everything. So all these questions he asked Job, and we just touched on a, on a few of them. Now, uh, in chapter 40 of Job, And uh, verse 1, after asking him all these questions, Job 41, moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, shall he that contendeth with the Almighty instruct him? He He that proveth God, let him answer it. So he said, Job, you've been contending with the Almighty. You said, it's not right. This is wrong. If I had the opportunity, I'd talk to you and I'd get this book and I'd show you my life and I'd show you that it's wrong. Shouldn't be happening to me. Shouldn't be happening to the wicked. Should not be happening to me. And God said, I would go to the Almighty and I'd show him. So now God says, He that reproveth God, let him answer it. So, Job, what do you have to say for yourself? This is what you wanted, Job. You and all your wisdom of a six-year-old. Keep throwing that in there. But, Job, okay, now now what do you have to say? You wanted to talk to me. You were going to tell me some things. You've been dark in my counsel. Now what do you have to say? Look at verse 3. Then Job answered the Lord and said... What's he going to say? We know what he's going to say before. Oh, he's going to show God this shouldn't be happening to him. Been better if I'd died. But now God giving him this occasion that he wanted for. Okay, you want to tell the Almighty something? What have you got to say? Verse four. Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay my hand upon my mouth. Different tune now, isn't it? After God asked him all these questions. And this is a teaching to Job, a teaching for us. In verse 5, Job does say a little more. Once I have spoken, but I will not answer. Yea, twice, but I will proceed no farther. So Job had learned some things here. Oh, he's going to tell God so much, this shouldn't be happening to me. Again, think of me... As the wisdom of a six-year-old with a whole dollar bill wasn't any wisdom at all compared to my mom. Now, Job, with Almighty God the Creator, and you and I, the same thing. Are we going to understand everything? No. But we understand, if, by God's grace, let us know that He is a sovereign. He is control of all things. In Romans eight twenty eight on the stone in front of our building, all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them are called according to his purpose. Uh, so, and then, uh, there's some more questioning and everything going on. But let's skip all the way over to, uh, let's see, where... 42 and, and verse 10. No, see, actually, I want to go back. Let's go back a little bit. Uh, 42 uh, verse 5. Now, this is Job. After he's gone through what he's gone through, after the Lord gave him all these questions that, that showed Job that, that God is the one's in control. Verse 5, Job says, Now, now he says this. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Wherefore I adore myself and repent in dust and ashes. Again, Job knew of God. Job preached God. Job preached the true God. But then, when this happened to him, then all of his friends—what no, you've been teaching, preaching—is not true. His wife said it's not been true, just curse God and die, and all of his friends, and some people say so-called friends. I think it was his friends. They went to comfort him. And what they were telling him certainly was not true, but I think they thought it was true. You've talked to people that said something they thought it was true, but it wasn't true. So these friends that had tried to convince Job that he was wrong and so forth. And he told me, he said, I know my doctrine pure, but we see he did, Job did weaken for a time here. And there was a purpose in it. So after this, now Job said, I've heard of God. And he had a lot of knowledge of God, but not like what he has now. Now he says, oh, but now mine eyes see. Now it's, it's, it's clear. It's clearer than it was. And I hope it is to you and I. As we think about God, we hear about sovereignty and everything, but I hope we can see now. And verse ten. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job. We don't know how long it was, do we? We don't know how long this had taken. I think it was a good while, good period of time. So when did it end? And I think this is, I think this is very important. When did it end? When did Job's captivity end? Was it a designated period of time? Or where is the finish line? I watched a, a little bit of the, the uh, Indianapolis 500 today, and they had a kind of funny ending, if any of you watched that. So when was, going to be, when was the end of this Job? When was the suffering going to be ended? What, what was the finish line? Verse 10, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when? He prayed for his friends. I'd missed that for so many years. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Those friends who were trying to convince him that he was wrong, he prayed for him. A lesson to be learned there. Uh, so, Is God good? Is God bad? So we studied, we took a quick uh, trip through the book of Job. Did it work together for good? Yes, look at the knowledge he had now he didn't have before. You may say, but wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's go back a little bit. All of his kids was killed. So how can you say that was good? I'm not going to do it tonight, but when you get home, read about the new Jerusalem and the book of Revelations. For God to take some of his children home, the glory, yes, that's good. Even if we don't understand it, it doesn't make any difference. We know who God is. We know our wisdom is as a six-year-old. Uh, gosh Uh, let's go to to, uh, Romans chapter 9 I don't want to make this three parts so let's try to rush through this Romans chapter 9 and uh, Romans 9 and let's go to verse 8 that is they who are this is where uh, a set of twins still in the womb never been born yet That is, they who are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as the seed. For this is the word of promise, at this time will I come and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebecca also has conceived by one, even our father Isaac, for the children being not yet born, still in the womb, twins, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand not of works but of him that calleth it was said unto her the elder shall rule the younger as it is written Jacob have I loved but Esau have I hated again I've given this scripture before and one individual said I could never serve a God like that so you will hear things like this because in, in, that, in her judgment then, God's bad. God, this is a bad thing that God did. It's not fair. I could never serve a God like that. Well, I could, I'm going to add to this. I would never love a mom like that that to took my sack of candy away from me. How foolish that is. And how foolish this lady's statement was to me. I could never serve a God like that. Because actually, I think I quoted and then I read it to her. Uh, And then verse 14. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteous with God? God forbid. So if God would do this, I couldn't serve a God like that. That's terrible. Is there unrighteous with God? Oh, to a six-year-old that got a sack of candy taken away, that's not right for her to do that. With our... With, well, let me just say this: With my earthly wisdom, I would say this is not right. I'm glad God kicking a lot of that earthly wisdom away from me. But me, with earthly wisdom, I said, "No, that's not fair. That's not right." Verse 15: For he saith unto Moses, "I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy." and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it's not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will, he hardeneth. Wilt thou say then to me, why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? I asked that question years ago. I mean, Pharaoh didn't have any choice, yet God destroyed him and his army. (sighs) Who's resisted his will? Why does he find fault? I had these questions. And then in verse 20, Nay, but, O oh man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? And again, you can see it in Job. God, you wasn't right in doing this. Questioning God who made him? And then verse 20, or 1, 21. Well, let's read 20 and 21 together. Nay, but O man, uh, who art thou that replies against God? Shall the thing form? Say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Had not the potter power over the clay, the same lump to make one vessel to honor, and another to dishonor? So now you know why I brought the clay, pottery, flower pots. These are mine. I have the receipt. I paid for it. So, if I wanted to, could I plant petunias in them? Or uh, geraniums in them? said, well, yeah, you could do that. And I've done this a long time ago and haven't done it for, for many years. I want to do it again. So they're mine. Everybody agrees on this. They're mine. I can do what I want with them. And wouldn't, nobody would question it. If you're squeamish, you may turn your head. These are mine, right? They're mine. that my right they're mine would it make now would it make any sense with this lump of clay saying why did you make me this way why did you do this to me we wouldn't say that would we nay but O man who art thou that replies against God shall the thing formed say to him that formed it why hast thou made me thus or why have you done this to me what so Job, Job, why are you done this to me? It shouldn't be happening to me just to the wicked. Had not the potter power of the, of the of clay of the same lump to make one vessel to honor and another to dishonor? When we look at it that way, doesn't it make a little bit of sense? So, yeah, Adam sinned. But through his mercy, he covered him with skins. Man was born blind, baby was born blind, he was a man, God gave him sight. I believe not just physical sight, but I believe spiritual sight. As Job's vision was, was improved, now I see. Uh, so, I guess we ask ourselves, am I qualified to put a judgment on Job? I wasn't qualified clearly to put a judgment on my mom. Are we qualified to put a judgment on God? And, and we I know we don't think of it that way. But isn't that exactly what Job did? Give one more example. And uh, used to, uh, a guy used to work for me. And uh, actually for a good while. And we talked a lot about scriptures. And... We'd talked about this, Romans chapter nine, that God chose one, not the other, before they was even born, and we'd talked about that. And boy, he just—I—I I can't agree with that. I can't. That's just, you know, not right. I can't agree with that. One day we was driving, and uh, wasn't talking about scriptures necessarily. And he had two Chevrolet pickups, nineteen seventy-two. One was orange, and one was blue. And we was riding in this blue truck. And when he had trouble with it, he would go take parts off the orange truck, put them on the blue truck. I always say them, no, I'm starting to say something about Chevrolet, but I won't do that. But anyway, uh, but anyway, he, he would, uh, I said, you know, that's not fair what you're doing to that orange truck. He said, what do you mean? I said, you take parts off the orange truck and put them on the blue truck and keep it running. I said, that's not right. If you need a starter on this blue truck, you'll go to the orange truck, take it off, and put the starter on there. I said, that's not right. And again, we wasn't talking about scriptures that day. And David, he said, he said the perfect thing. I couldn't have scripted any better. He says, well, actually, he used some pretty foul language. With my blank trucks, I'll do what I want with them. I said, and exactly. We are God's. And he has the right to do with us as he pleases and then he said, he thought a little bit, and he said, well, now, though, you're talking about inanimate, inanimate objects. You're talking about trucks and stuff. So I'm talking about man. You're talking about man that God does these things like this. I said, therein is your problem. We're talking about big, important man. I said, we're lumps of clay. And God, we're his lumps of clay. He made the earth. He made us out of dust of the earth. And he's just in whatever he does with his lumps of clay. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.